Welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. This is Jared casting alongside Lucas. Bart is joining us again, Aiden and Wyatt. Um, Bart, welcome back. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Um, it's good to be back. Great. We are we are going to go, go through mostly NBA topics. Uh, of course, we're going to start off with the big news since we last um, joined you guys. The NBA players boycotted playoff games from Wednesday to Friday to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. Other sports then followed suit. Lucas, what are your thoughts on the boycott and then the ultimate decision of the NBA players to resume playing? So I think it was a really brave and powerful move, sort of up there in the echelon of like great sports protests along with uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, the 68 Olympics, and Kaepernick's uh, kneeling during the national anthem exactly four years to the day after they did this, which I thought was a nice hmm. sort of symbolic coming together. They saw that they had the opportunity to make a powerful statement, withhold their labor, and not only bring more attention to issues of racial justice, but also, like, they actually forced positive change in that they got all the owners to agree to allow the arenas to be converted into voting stations during the election, which is, like, super cool, because at first I thought it would just be, like, a good way to, like, raise awareness, and it wouldn't do anything more than that, but they, like, worked. They were on calls with, like, governors and lots of different people and got, like, a demand out of the owners, which is, you know what a successful strike does. So yeah. I think it's sort of unprecedented in the history of sports, but it, I, I'm really impressed that they all came together and did it, and then something really good came out of it because it's always good to have more people vote. They also brought attention to the shooting of Jacob Blake along with the actual change that they forced. Yeah, I'm glad they found a way to play basketball and still fight for social justice. I think like the threat of not playing was obviously super effective but and i wasn't really convinced that it would do that much more good if they weren't playing personally because at the end of the day if you're watching basketball like the black lives matter movement is inescapable it's painted on the court there's a commercial every time and it's not like an automatic assumption that people who aren't watching that if nba isn't playing that people who aren't watching that are going to be like watching the news or something they might just become inactive on learning about the movement or something like that so i'm, I'm definitely glad they found a way to do both Personally. Yeah, I mean, take Jamal Murray's interview after the game, right? He put up 50, and then yeah. he talked about it, right? If he if, if they weren't playing basketball, then we wouldn't have gotten any of that. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, agree. It's not it's not necessarily. I'm not convinced that it would have been any better for them if they had, weren't playing. I think that that's like that was LeBron's main hesitation, right? When he was saying we we want to keep playing initially, he was just worried that they didn't that they didn't have anything concrete to work on and they weren't going to get anything out of it. So mm-hmm. I I'm glad to see that. Like, yeah, like Lucas said, the voting, other some other things too. Yeah. 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 I think what's going to be interesting to follow is whether the owners kind of follow through on stuff. And there's already been a little bit of doubt from, you know, like Jalen Brown spoke out about, like, he's not convinced that the owners are actually going to do anything. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that they'll need to, like, be held accountable for. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced that the owners weren't just like, oh, like, this is going to get play to start again. Like, we agree to, you know... Um, to do something to, you know, um, fight these causes. So it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the follow-up next year or so um, if that, if the follow-through happens and how the players react to it, if, if it doesn't. Yeah, they probably, they'll probably definitely boycott again if there was a, mm-hmm. or a strike again, I guess you'd say, if uh, the owners don't follow through. Because I think now they're, they're probably a lot less afraid to do so. I think players, we've been waiting for players for a long time to use their influence to say that, <clears throat> I mean, like, one of the most powerful things is they could affect the income of the some of the most richest and most yeah. powerful people in the world, 
right? Like mm-hmm. by just stopping uh, play. So um, they probably will definitely not be afraid to do it again if it does happen to come that the owners don't follow through in the next year or so. And what I think was especially cool about it was that um, I'd seen some people say like, oh, like they've like gone on a strike before for like labor issues, but this is like, it's called like a wildcat strike. And like, usually you strike when like your contract's up and the collective bargaining's up and like, you just, I'm like, I'm not going back to work until we have a new agreement. Mm-hmm. They just like walked off the job, which is crazy. And mm-hmm. like, I think unprecedented in the history of sports. So like that level of bravery, I think is really cool too. To not even like strike as you normally would. But just like take a chance that like this could completely fall flat because yeah, right? Because I'm pretty sure like the unions hadn't the players union hadn't approved it right before yeah. them doing it. So like yeah. that yeah. yeah, like they went and did it before that. And that's yeah, that that took some bravery for sure. And that's one of the big things I would say about like the NFL and with the whole Kaepernick thing is that <clears throat> I mean the owners could have disagreed with it, but if all the players had said that we're gonna go along with it, or they were all as unified as the NBA was, or can be as unified as the NBA is. But, I mean, I understand it's two completely different businesses and that, that your lifespan in the NFL is a lot different, so a lot of guys don't feel like they can afford to, to yeah. you know, strike like that. But I think that hopefully, if anything, this, the players now realize that their their power and their influence and that if they are all, all as a collective, they can, you know, create some real change together. Yeah, yeah the doing it, it as a collective thing is vital, right? Because, like... It's one thing to just say, like, oh, the owners could just, you know, try to replace players, but you're not mm-hmm. going to be ever be able to replace, you know, a whole team or a whole league, right? That's the, that's the whole mm-hmm. point. So I think in the NFL, too, if, if you could get closer to that, like, 100%, yeah. This is definitely, I think, yeah, this is a milestone for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make waves in other sports, too. Yeah. It did. Well, I mean, it did. In baseball, they also, you know, postponed a lot of the games as well. So mm-hmm. we've already seen the influence that these that this, this, these players have, have already had on other, you know, leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, now that NBA playoffs have resumed, a lot of the first-round series have wrapped up, uh, um, except for Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, and Rockets Thunder, as we're speaking. Um, okay, so we just saw, though, that the Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics started the second round of the playoffs, and then Bucks, and then the Bucks lost to the Heat today. Um, but Aiden, I'm going to ask you this: Is the winner of the Raptors-Celtics series the favorite to win the Eastern Conference, and who do you think is favored in that series, particularly? Yeah, I still don't think they're the favorite to win the conference. I still have faith in the Bucks, but yeah, I mean that's the loss of the Heat that, that's becoming a little more concerning. The Heat are looking scary. Um, yeah. But uh, in terms of like the the series itself, the Raptors-Celtics series, um, I, I've been high on the Raptors for a while. Um, you know, through the bubble, regular season through the bubble, like, um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure this is going to work out in their favor. The Celtics really seem to have their number. Like, the Raptors yeah. are now 1-4 in four against the Celtics this year. The Raptors have lost only four games this year by 15 or more, and three of them, three of those games are to the Celtics. So okay. it, it kind of seems like Brad Stevens has them figured out a little bit. Um, and maybe this is reading too much into the first game where the, the Celtics shot, you know, like uncharacteristically well, especially from three, and the and the Raptors were terrible, especially from three. Um, but I think another concerning sign is that Siakam has been really struggling, and that's not just mm. new to uh, the playoffs. He was off in the bubble. Um, he had a really bad game one, and in the the matchups this year with the Celtics, he's had Jalen Brown on him a lot, um, and he's he struggled with that matchup. So. Mm. 
I think if the if the Raptors are going to win this series, they're first of all going to need him to step up. Um, they're also going to need Kyle Lowry to stay healthy. Who he was good in Game One. He was one of the bright spots in Game One, but um, his his health has been a little concerning. Uh, but at, at this point, it's it's hard not to feel like the Celtics have the momentum, especially when the the last like the they've played two games within the last couple weeks, and both have been blowouts essentially. So um, it's it's hard not to take the Celtics right now. Well, it, I'll be curious to see what happens if the Raptors don't shoot twenty five percent from three. Yeah, next time. yeah. It was like no, the Lakers. Yeah, that, that was horrific. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know because you've seen a lot of shooters go off in the bubble. So it's it's weird how that happens, but the teams I guess have like the opposite effect. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like you said, yeah, the 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 only team that the Raptors have lost to in the bubble is the Celtics. So I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. I think the Celtics core of like Tatum, Brown, and Walker is just like playing lights out across the board as well. And like I don't know, maybe if that'll last through the entirety of the playoffs. Like I mean, it probably won't. But like the fact that they have like three options that could be a number one guy on a team is, mm-hmm. I think, helps them a lot. And the fact that they can like work so well together and are so well coached by Brad Stevens. I think they're the favorites in the series. I still like you have faith in the Bucks that they'll turn it around against the Heat and we'll win it when the Eastern Conference, but. I think it'll be a lot closer than I than I would have said, even going into the bubble or even towards the end of the bubble. Yeah. yeah, we could potentially have a, a four-three conference final in terms of seeds. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's again, we're we're well, one game in. This is this is yeah. jumping the gun on, yeah, on the yeah, box but, going down. Um, but the Heat have looked great, and the Celtics yeah. have looked great. So it's hard to totally discount that. Yeah, well, I was going to say the, the two through four seeds in the East look like the three best teams in the bubble a, a lot of times, you know, the mm-hmm. Heat, Raptors, and Celtics. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I have, like, a lot of a lot of faith in the Celtics for sure. Not as much in the Heat. I think the Raptors could, sh- could stop the Bucks again. They they know – I think they know the formula at least and how to manage Giannis. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think the Celtics seem like they're the favorite to win that series. But I don't, I don't know if they would beat the Bucks in a series, though. We, I don't know. We'd have to see. I'm a lot more skeptical on that. I don't know if they if the Heat can manage to win against the Bucks, I would favor the Heat coming out of the East. I would too. Who wins. I would agree with that, hundred percent. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, they're hot, and if they can beat the one seed, I don't know. A lot of people have been saying they're 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 the team to beat the Bucks if anyone's going to do it. Well, so, I agree. I, I mean, I agree with that. That I think that the Heat are the team to beat the Bucks. I think they're like one of the perfect combinations of young talent with veteran talent. Like they got. Uh, young, really athletic players, but then of course they got the veteran talent and guys like Andre Godala, Jay Crowder, um, of course like uh, Jimmy Butler. I I would say that honestly, I'm still gonna back my pick that the Heat are my favorite for the East so, so far. I think the Heat are far more dangerous than we actually gave them credit for, just because their star isn't like a high volume three point shooter or you yeah. know an offensive uh, guy. Although he did drop 40 today. But he's not like just because he's not James Harden or Russell Westbrook or like Anthony Davis. I don't know. Like we, I feel like we kind of discredit how good Jimmy Butler can be for that team, especially with how complete that team is all all around. I would say. Yeah. Watching that game made, gave me like big Jimmy Butler sadness, like the fact that he could have like <laughs> been on the team. Um, like Joel Embiid tweeted just if dot 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 dot. It's like mm-hmm. implying like what if he had stayed and stuff like that. So yeah, Cat yeah, tweeted I, something similar. I'm sure. 
but yeah. Jimmy Butler leaves a trail of broken hearts behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. He really does. I, I think the Heat are, yeah, the Heat are really dangerous. Too. I, I think a Heat Celtics conference finals too would be so much fun to watch. As well. Yeah, that'd be a lot Perfect. of fun, I think. But I also think these are like the four best defensive teams. Like they're like four of the top five best defensive teams in the bubble right mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I mean, I, I, Again, I'm, I picked the Heat, but I mean, when a team is on and like a, the Raptors are playing as best as they possibly can, it's kind of hard to bet against them. And of course, when the Bucks, we've seen them all year play as best as they can, it'd be hard to bet against them. So I mean, like the list goes on for those those five teams, and like you, you never know. Like it just t- kind of depends on who has an off night last. It might be. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's kind of like the NCAA tournament, like. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to measure between the the basketball tournament and like NBA, but the NCAA tournament is all about like who gets hot at the right time. That's why like eight seeds get to the final four or whatever. And that's, that's could be what like kind of what this bubble is. It's like just who, who stays hot for the longest, longest amount of time. It might not even really be, I know people would probably hate to hear this, but like it might not actually be the best team winning this year. It's just the team that got hot at the right time. You know? Yeah. 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 So. Well, what about the West? What do you guys think? Like, who do we want to make predictions on Jazz Nuggets, for example? <laughs> I thought the Jack, I thought the Nuggets were buried, but Jamal Murray has been yeah. just on. I watched the game last night, and then that fourth quarter, like, he was just like, he made every shot. I like, because I, I love the Jazz, too, for whatever reason. And I just was, every time he, like, had the ball in his hands, I'm like, they're done. <laughs> why? I don't know why. <laughs> but, like, like he's just I can't see how hot he's been and like even if him and Mitchell are both going off like the Jazz don't have a player as good as Jokic and I just think yeah yeah I think the Nuggets probably have game seven I agree with that I agree as well and I definitely would rather see the Nuggets in the next round I would say I I don't know what it is about the Jazz for me they just don't do it like every time I watch the Jazz play I'm like (laughs) I'm always just like yeah Yeah. you know like it's cool but you know, I'd rather just wait for the Nuggets to to move on. And plus, the Nuggets have more talent. Yeah. Overall, I mean, with um, of course Murray and Jokic and uh, Porter Jr. I'm I'd be way more interested in watching that Nuggets team go on than watching Donovan Donovan Mitchell play. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like pretty Murray much and Jokic it. Yeah, is better than just, Mitchell and it's Gobert. Donovan Mitchell showing off. Like that's that's what mm. the Jazz are to me. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously, got Gobert and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, I would think that the Lakers eventually though will still get out of the West. Yeah, Clippers like Clippers just good. yeah they don't look good. Sorry, I feel like the Lakers are kind of catching their stride again. Yeah, a they are. Bit. I mean, it, it, I know it was Portland and the Portland kind of slowly fell apart injury wise. They lost Zach Collins and they lost Dame and um, CJ been beating the back and hurting all that stuff. But it does feel like I mean, especially with. Um, LeBron dropping like 36 and AD dropping 40 to close out the last game feels like a really good step in the right direction to go into the next series. Yeah. So, especially because they get some rest and now that the Rockets or Thunder, whoever comes out of that, are going to uh, be be uh, have a lot less time to to prepare. Yeah. All right. After that discussion on the NBA playoffs, we're going to move on to the NBA player tier list. No, this is not tier zoo, but it's pretty close. We all know that since 2012, every NBA championship team has either had LeBron with the Heat and Cavs, Kawhi with the Spurs and Raptors, or Steph Curry on it. 
So it is our job now to create a tier list to determine which players you absolutely need on your team to win a championship. So I'll go through the definitions of the tiers real quick, and we're gonna we're gonna hash it out. So the S it's S tier, A tier, and B tier. We're only worrying about the stars this episode. <laughs> S tier are players that are needed on your team to win a championship, and players where if they are the best best player on your team, you definitely have a shot at the championship. Then we got A tier, where these players are superstars, no doubt. But if they're the best player on your team, you probably don't realistically have a shot at winning the championship. And then lastly, we have B tier is a little more fluid, but these players are definitely just a tier below A, a tier, but they're still stars. So Bart, I'm going to go with you first. Who are the S tier players that you need to have on your team to win a championship? So these choices will probably not be super surprising, but I have, I have five guys in, in my okay. mind who are at the top here. So LeBron, of course. Kawhi, of course, and Steph, of course, like you mentioned. And then Kevin Durant for me. And then Giannis. Giannis, I'm iffy on because he's unproven. Uh, but I think yeah. he definitely belongs up there, especially since he's going to be MVP and Defensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, I was, I thought about James Harden. Uh, I thought about Luka Doncic. Both of them are, like, super, super elite. But, I, yeah, they're both just, uh, I don't know. Luka's unproven. He's too young. And James Harden is just too, like, he fails too often in my mind <laughs> so yeah. those are my five what do you guys think i'm in agreement with all of them yeah i agree with all of them the only one i might have a slight concern with not even really a concern is durant but even that one i feel like i'd give it to you just because like when he was the best player on like that pretty stacked thunder team he couldn't take them all the way but like it had it took he him awesome. literally Super having young. he was yeah and that's what i'm saying like i still probably agree with it but that's the only one where i'm like "Mm, maybe 95 percent on as opposed to 100 percent on all the others yeah yeah i I don't hold it against him that he lost to the 73 and 9 warriors in seven you know i don't i don't know i i I will say though i don't put any stock in the rings that he got with golden state not gonna lie he's he still technically has to prove it but i think he's in that tier he's in that tier where like he's the Nets definitely have a shot, you know. No, he's, when, he, when he's yeah. healthy and on, he's like a top three player in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, so, he's probably yeah, a top two player. In the league. I mean, he's player. one of the best offensive talents that we've seen in a long time. How many seven footers can play and dribble and move like that and defend like that he does? So, yeah. I would, I, I know everyone's maybe ninety nine, ninety five percent sure on Kevin Durant. I'm a hundred percent sure that he's an S two player. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to add one in that I think might be controversial. I'm gonna I'm gonna add Luka Doncic in there S tier. Oh, he's he's definitely now. definitely I, more I, iffy. No. De- hold on, definitely no. more iffy. But he already is averaging 28 nine 28 points per game, nine rebounds per game, and eight assists. Like he's already only he's already averaging a triple double in the second year. He's good enough to lead a team. And just because we were discussing this before the show, just because the team around him this year was bad, doesn't mean that he doesn't have the skill right now to lead a team to the championship. I think. Jared, I want you to go through those numbers you said. Was it 28, 9, and 8? Yes. How many of those numbers have two digits? The 28. <laughs> what do you think? But you it's said the average is a triple-double? I mean, no, I said a near triple. I meant to say okay, near triple-double okay. if I missed it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's a requirement I, of the S tier that you have to have <laughs> a triple-double. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Jared, it took yeah, Russell Westbrook, yeah. like, what, his sixth year or something like that to do it, you know, and Luke is already doing his second year. Lonzo yeah. Ball did it his rookie yeah. year. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I just also feel like... had Luca as a, I had him as my my borderline S tier, but I'm trying to figure out if that's just because I haven't seen him like play enough at this point, especially in the playoffs. Like I don't have Harden in my S tier because I haven't seen Harden have serious success in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. that's where you get to see if a, if a player can really carry a team. 
um, or you know be be their you know focal point and you know still still bring them to a championship. Luca, I'm not sure on that yet. I haven't I don't have enough evidence, and I like he's just so talented that I think it's possible that he is that player. Um, but it might take another like year or two to to figure that out. I guess. No, I, but you I agree. Putting, but you're putting him in S tier though, yeah. right now, Aiden. Yes. Okay. Cool. I you on the Luca train. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I think that I think that we've seen everything that we need to see out of Luca so far. I mean, he's he's done the things that t- other twenty year olds, twenty one year olds, however old he is, haven't done. And of course, there have been many of proven twenty year olds like Magic Johnson and uh, LeBron James, who have also been other twenty year olds, and he's up there with them already. So, I would a hundred percent agree that I would put Luca as one of my. S tier type players. I think that if he was your best player now and years going forward, he you have an actual chance because I mean the Mavericks did have an actual chance this year, and maybe mm-hmm. if Porzingis had been able to play those couple games, that series yeah. might have gone a little differently. Right? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So are we like projecting forward on these? Because I think like no, give no, Luca say- two or I'm saying right now. Because I don't think Luca is right now, but I think he could I be two or three years down the road. I don't think. What, how is 28 points per game and nine rebounds not enough right now? Plus, he's he's from Europe and he's no, been playing in the pros for years. He's our, he's as established as he can get as a 20 year old goes. It doesn't yeah, matter. Know. <laughs> uh, he's he knows what he's, he's he does this. That buzzer I, beater I, wasn't enough. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I lots get of that guys hit buzzer beaters. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> D- Damus hit bu- plenty of buzzer beaters, and he's definitely not S tier. I don't. Yeah. I agree with Lucas that, like, given how we defined this, it's like you just have you don't know enough yet about him in the NBA. I feel yes, like. we do. No, like, I feel like we totally he's made do. the playoffs Lots once because he's really only played good. two seasons, and he was out in the first round. How is that enough evidence playoff wise? Yeah, I guess we're we're taking I, this differently as he needs to prove that he's you know in that tier versus like I yeah. think he is. I just haven't seen him have enough chances to to prove that yet. You know, yeah. it's, that's a different kind of approach. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I would tolerate him in the STI. I just, <laughs> it, might, it might be premature. As it's long okay. Time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It might be premature, but like we just kind of say it that probably won't young. Be. Yeah, yeah. It probably right. won't be. Yeah. It probably won't be. No, I mean, yeah. I expect the Mavs to win a title in the next like three or four years. But yeah. And I don't think it's a bad pick either. Like he's like top of my eight tier. So like yeah. I think for me, he's borderline <laughs> as well. But okay. So that's, I think we have definitely a consensus. Top about, four, uh, probably Giannis. No, come on. <laughs> Jimmy no, Butler, dude. Jimmy Butler's an A tier no. player. Yeah, he's A tier, but he's not. He's not. A-tier. Yeah, yeah. he's A tier. Okay. okay. <laughs> just <laughs> sit down by the yeah. I was gonna put that out there. I was just gonna put that out there. <laughs> okay, who wants to nominate some other A tier players? A tier players? Yeah, Harden yeah. for sure. Harden's like the like, textbook A tier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah like, I agree. When I think of Harden, I kind of think he's like discount Kobe a little bit. Like he's someone like <laughs> he's like a great like volume scorer, but I don't think that he has like the skill that Kobe did to like take a team to a championship. Like I think he's probably the best second piece on a championship team, but I don't think that he like he's just too ball heavy and doesn't I think make the guys That's... around him. That's yeah. much better. That's the thing, though. I'm not sure if he could be the second piece on a championship team because he's got to be yeah. the first piece on whatever team he's on. Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what makes plays. me feel like he's never. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to win a championship. Maybe like he's late in his career talent, when though. he's finally like, yeah, he's definitely a tier talent. He's possibly S tier. Well, but I feel like if Harden's going to win a title, it's going to be like as the sixth man when he's like 37 or something. You know, like, <laughs> I just wow. don't think him at the moment. 
is like I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Yeah, but part Wait, of why, that might just be the West is so stacked. Yeah, he kind of yeah. is playing but, in an unfortunate yeah. era. I don't I mean, think yeah. I don't think it's just the West's fault that he's not winning the championship. <laughs> I mean, in his prime, he was going up against the the Golden State Warriors, who were like unstoppable, and then Durant joined. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think that's definitely part yeah. of it. And when he it, took him to seven games as well. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Until and I, until Chris Paul like hurt his hamstring that year, you know, they they probably were going to win that series. And then and one year, wasn't KD hurt in the Rocket series? So he didn't even have that that excuse. Last year, yeah, yeah, last year. So. Uh, yeah, I'm de- he's definitely a solid A tier, and same with Westbrook. For, yeah, I, I was I had Westbrook I too. With that too. Both yeah. guys, yeah. He's so great, but he just needs the ball in his hands way too much. He takes way too many shots, like 22 field goals attempts per game. His field goal percentage was actually pretty good this year, though, compared to compared to some other players. So better than I was expecting, I should. Say. I guess I guess that happens when you don't have to shoot as much and don't have to handle the ball as much. Makes yeah, sense. yeah. Uh, I would like to nominate Dame. Yes, I was yeah, gonna. Was that, is, yeah, that is very fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was. He was first team All NBA actually two years ago. I, for some reason, I thought he had never made a first team, but uh, two years ago he had made it. So he he's definitely getting some of the credit he deserves. I think I think he has the potential to become an S tier player. I don't. As, you don't. You think you think he's hit I a ceiling? Think I think he's too it. deep at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, think he's hit like. Yeah, I think I think we've seen how good the Blazers can be and how good that he can be, and and as good as he he can be is is great. He's a Hall of Famer. I'll give him that. But I mean, as far as like a champion goes, and and with him as the the centerpiece, he'd be he'd go really well with alongside somebody who's maybe more of a playmaker. Um, but I think that he's a great scorer, and he's everybody knows same thing with Harden. It's like. He's not the greatest defensive guy in the world. Yeah. I think A tier is where I put most of my, like, volume score types where I think mm-hmm. are, like, great at, like, the one yeah. thing they do. Yeah. But aren't, like, guys that, like, make their teams contenders. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I have Anthony Davis on my list. Yeah, I was about yeah, Anthony Davis we've, as well. I think we've, we've I, seen that as pretty much as proven as it could be this year. Yeah. On Anthony. <laughs> I mean, we, we have seen it. I think we question whether anthony davis lacks any bit of dog in him at all um and i think that this year we've seen uh, plenty of instances where he's fallen short in the fourth quarter where maybe he's not not maybe he's definitely not a guy you could build an entire team around as he's your go-to guy late right. in the, uh, late in the end well okay this is what i would say though if we have anthony davis a tier do you have to also put joel and joel and beat up there too their stats are pretty similar i think so that's so I actually ended up not putting Davis in the A tier because of that. But mm, interesting. I feel like so Joel Embiid twenty three points and eleven rebounds. Anthony Davis twenty six points and nine rebounds. So it's pretty similar. Just I think Anthony Davis is a little bit more versatile than Joel Embiid is, and which is why I would I would put him above. And he's less Joel injury Embiid. prone. And definitely less. How much prone. of a factor we're playing? Yeah, that. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Do you think I don't think is is he a tier above Embiid though? I, I don't really I don't know if I, about that. If no, so I, if Anthony Davis was at the top of the A tier, Joel Embiid would probably be lower towards the bottom of the A tier for me. But I look I I'm not the biggest Joel Embiid fan. I think that that's been very clear in how much <laughs> I think that the Sixers should trade him. Uh, but I mean, I I know he has talent. I just don't know if the player that he is. And the big man that he is, and he's pretty much just like a post-game big man. I know he likes to go out and shoot threes, but 
I think Anthony Davis is more the future of the big man position than Joel Embiid is. Joel Embiid's yeah. like a very classic back-to-the-basket right. kind of guy. And at least Anthony Davis, to some extent, can take the ball from court to court. Or, um, you know, one end of the court to the other. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Speaking of unorthodox big men, though, what do you guys think about Jokic and Cat? I feel like they're both also borderline. Yeah, they're borderline. I put them both no. to you guys. Cat, no, you said? Yeah, Cat, no. no. Yeah. I think Cat because... is the same thing as Anthony Davis in that he has, like, zero dog in him whatsoever. <laughs> and I think, I think that maybe Anthony Davis is a better defender than Cat is. Yeah, Anthony Davis was a yeah, potential defensive yeah. player of the year this year. He was, like, top three, top two. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And Jokic, you also think is a B? I like Jokic. He's a, he's a, he's a low A for me. <laughs> okay. He would have been an A for me, but, like, I don't know. These, this season and these playoffs especially, I feel like he's been a little underwhelming. Skinny Jokic. Yeah. yeah. Especially because, like, I think, like, an A-tier player isn't a guy who takes the backseat to anyone, and I feel like Jokic yeah. has taken the backseat to Murray in these playoffs at least. Yeah, I think that's the first Agreed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also had Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell in my A tier, and I'm, I'm not convinced Ooh. on that. But I think they're both approaching superstar status, and they're definitely yeah. like the like main player on their teams. Like they're both both were averaging like 26 plus, right? Like mm. pretty efficiently. So I think they belong in the discussion, um, even if they're they're a little borderline. Yeah, I think I'd like to see Booker make the playoffs first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Yeah. But if you're if you're gonna put Donovan Mitchell you in there, you might you as could. yeah. You might have to put Jamal Murray in there as well. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. To yeah. do that. Oh, I mean, we've seen the them path. go back and forth. Yep. Like, and maybe and maybe Jamal Murray has been inconsistent. I think we've all known that he's had this talent, but I think that he's kind of been a little inconsistent. But as as it stands right now, he's probably an A tier player, low A, you know, borderline A, maybe B. I think he's top of B for me. Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray are both yeah. top of B. But mm-hmm. and I have because Kyrie I don't want to be too much as well I... for my A. But go ahead, Jared. Is an A tier? Wait, who did you have? Kyrie Irving as an A tier player. I forgot no. about Kyrie. He's yeah, definitely he's yeah. definitely B in my. No, I, okay, but I mean, if you think about what he was, it with it paired with an S tier player like LeBron James and the Cavs, mm-hmm. he was perfect in that role. Yeah, but so the I Nets think... the Nets are better without him. They play better without him. Without going to be an A tier. I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm not a Kyrie fan. I guess. I'm not a huge fan either. But I recognize his talent. I mean, he's he can score on a whim if he needs to. He has talent, but in terms of how he meshes with a team and like. Yeah, in terms of how he meshes with a team, I just don't think like Celtics, on the Celtics and then on the, Nets, they're they're both better without him. You know, so I I don't Mm -hmm. know if you can put an A tier player. In that, I don't know if you could put him in that tier player with that. Okay, what about guys like Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, guys who are maybe approaching star or superstardom? I put all those guys B tier. I put all three of the Celtics guys B tier, and then yeah. Siakam B tier as well, because I think they're all guys who, within two or three years, can make their way into A and S tier. Yeah. But at this point, aren't like. I don't think if you put any of those guys on a team, it's necessarily like a game-changing move at this point. Yeah, I think yeah. Jason Tatum is like a little behind um, uh, Luca. Part of it is because he plays with more stars, so he doesn't take as many field goals as Luca does. 
Yeah. Um, as well as less free throws, he doesn't get to the line as often. Just because he doesn't have the ball as much. Yeah. I think that kind of hampers Tatum a little bit. But yeah, for like me, like A tier guys are averaging like thirty points a game. Like Dame, Harden, and oh. Russ. You know what I mean? Where like. Thirty seems like a bit of a high bar to me, but I guess yeah, thirty is a very high bar. I yeah. Would say. <laughs> oh, I don't. Okay, I I wanted because is Luke Luke is not averaging thirty, is he? But but twenty eight. But but he's doing twenty eight points per game and nine rebounds and like okay. eight assists. Oh, you know, the other guys are only doing like thirty points and like four assists. That's it. You know what I mean? Okay. No, but like, like the leading score in the league often doesn't even hit thirty. I feel like. Yeah, they usually do. It, well, it's James Harden, I think he has okay, yeah, 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 with Harden here, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean okay, this, this season. All right, you know what? We're gonna book this, and I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna fact check this afterwards. Okay. No, I think you're right. <laughs> a lot of times, the highest score does the thirty. Always. I feel like a more reasonable goal for the A tier is like twenty-four. Okay. But we twenty-five. Yeah, you'd put a lot of people <laughs> up there. Then. <laughs> twenty-four. <laughs> well, yeah, but what then about... you can like argue that Kyrie makes his team worse. So obviously, yeah. What about Paul George? No. I heard him thrown away. No. He's B tier, you mean? Playoff. I didn't even put him B tier. <laughs> you didn't even put him in B tier? <laughs> wow. That's Whoa. Yeah, that's, he is, that's harsh. He's B. Yeah, he's at least B, but yeah, I don't have yeah. him above that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm that's... not sold on playoff P anymore. I mean, <laughs> I think everything that I've seen about him, he's got talent, but I think that if he's. He's better served as your number three guy on a team now at this point. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I don't know. A couple bad games and you guys are ready to just... No, but this <laughs> year, him off. Like, he wasn't like, co- that good this year. I mean, he was, yeah. he was And last year we saw it too. I mean, we're seeing him as a number two guy on teams, and, he's, and he had that potential when he was younger to be a number one guy. I think that that has maybe that ship has maybe sailed for Paul. I mean, he was headed for superstardom. He was. Yeah. He got. He yeah, was. He had the, the injury, so like, I guess that's mm-hmm. I don't know, probably a big part of it. But but yeah, I feel like but, he never reached the the heights that I expected during during his kind of breakout in Indiana. Right. But we're not. I'm not going to deduce him down to a role player. And, oh, and, definitely you know, not. He only yeah. plays. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. A role, but I mean, like as a number two, like. He might have to share that number two role with somebody else and not just be the the straight, solid number two guy. Hmm. You know, I I think that maybe he needs to be on a really really good team for him to thrive, like Boston. <laughs> I'll throw maybe one last name out there for B tier, Chris Paul. Yeah, about Chris Paul B tier. I definitely yeah, at least B tier. I agree with that. Yeah, I think he 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 could make an argument for A still. Yeah, I I had him in my A B borderline. He was an MVP candidate this year. Yeah, he was great. (laughs) I guess. Kind of carried that team. Oh, what about what about Zion? (laughs) He's not Zion is not any tier yet. Come on, sorry. He's not a. Okay, I I'm gonna make a hot take here. I I think Zion's cap might be a B tier. To a what? low B, A, wow. A tier player. I don't know if you're going to win a championship with Zion being you're, – you're definitely not going to win one with him being your number one, I don't mm. think. Really? Um, that seems premature to me. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here. You're not going to win a championship with Zion. He played like 20 games guy. and he was playing like four minutes every game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't Wait, know. What do you, that's also, con- that's numbers, also though. concerning though, like – 
He was playing well in his minutes, right? I yeah, mean, like, he was. Well, yeah, like aside I, from his injury risk, the, the what is your reasoning? Is, yeah, yeah. Well, the, injury, the risk injury risk is a huge part of yeah, it because of fair. the way. But I mean, he's 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 he needs a guy who doesn't set up his own shot very well. He plays really well with Lonzo Ball. He's great at grabbing rebounds. He does his role really well. He's like a really good. He plays pretty big for his size, even though he's like six six, but. He's not a guy who's going to get his own shot. He's not going to be able to dribble and take the ball up court or set up plays for his other teammates. He's going to, you know, back to the basket. Someone's going to feed him the rock. He's going to play from there, or he's going to grab a board and or hit an oop on a, on a fast break. Like, I don't know if Zion – and not that he can't be, but I, I question yeah, on I just, how good yeah. He, he can be. I think he'll be great. He'll be like he'll, – he'll, he'll get you 25 a night. But he may not be able to, to be like the number one. Interesting. Uh, I feel like, like I'm not expecting him to be like a you know like a playmaker per se or any anything like that. But I feel like he's so good at the role that yeah. he has that I think he could. Like it's a little more like old school. But like if you like think about the you know big guys back in the day who were a little more back to the basket, a little more you know like post up kind of like. They could be the the main guy on their team, and I feel like Zion could be that. Yeah, but yeah. back in the day, is a completely different style of basketball <laughs> than it is but right it, now. But Zion's always going to command a presence, though. You know what I mean? You have to put like one of your best defenders on him. Otherwise, yeah, you're just going to muscle. So does so does Anthony again. Davis. Yeah, but aren't, Davis aren't you saying that? Aren't you saying no? That I was saying cap is no, no. It's as I think I got cut off. I was a B, a low, or is a B tier like kind of mid to low A tier player? Okay. But to, as far as being high A, borderline S player, no way. Oh, yeah, I, def- I definitely don't think S. But. Interesting. All I'm going to say is LeBron also didn't have a hole. Like, he didn't have a jump shot when he came into the league. He, he wasn't, like, super polished offensively, and then he developed a whole bunch of stuff. I feel like Zion could also work a lot yeah. LeBron James was light years. I believe in Zion. Zion. <laughs> as long as yeah. Up. yeah. I don't know about light years. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, all right, I guess it's, yeah. LeBron James is different. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah. All right, are we settled? I think we are. Yeah, I, I believe we are. we are in total agreement about. Yeah, I'm saying agreement. All the way Let's say it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run it back. Huh? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so now we're going to transition into our segment on free agency, coaching vacancies, and trades just across all sports. Many teams are starting to deal with some off-season trade um, discussions, uh, specifically in the NBA, NFL, and football. So here we go. Aiden, I'm going to start with you because I know we've heard a lot about the 76ers on the show, and we usually ask Lucas, but I, I'm kind of bored of Lucas's opinion. I want Aiden's opinion on the Sixers. I, I'm, I'm bored of my own opinion, so I endorse well, this. Yeah, just don't let him talk to myself yet. Yeah. Anyway, the 76ers fired Brett Brown, but the GM says the team will stick with Embiid and Simmons. Aiden, I asked you, who's a good fit for the coaching spot there? And should they add slash get rid of any notable role players? Yeah. Um, as, as far as the coaching spot, I mean, it looks like at the moment, Ty Lue is, is the front runner for it. Yeah. Um, he's, he's commanding seven mil a year. So I will see if the, the Sixers pay up for it. Um, and he's also going to get interest from the Nets. Um, but um, I like I can see why people are or why he'd be one of the you know first names that comes to mind. You know he, he's worked with stars. He's not you know soft on them, which I think people thought Brett Brown kind of was 
you know, coddled <laughs> and feeding Simmons. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, like I'm not sold on him actually being a great coach, though. Besides the you know the LeBron factor, which is you know always right. something you got to consider. Like, was it just LeBron? Um, but anyway, I, I think one of the intriguing options, and Lucas, I'll be interested to hear your feelings on on like them pursuing Jay Wright. Um, if Jay Wright would ever leave Nova, um, which it, it doesn't really seem like he would, um, but he's you know he's had you know NCAA playoff success. Maybe that could translate into NBA playoff success. I, I think it's in like one of the more interesting options as opposed to a lot of like the the usual names that are thrown around. You know, Jason Kidd, um, Mike Brown, and Stan Van Gundy. Um, so yeah, we'll see with that. I, I think another interesting option is uh, Kenny Atkinson, who helped the Nets overachieve last year and was kind of just pushed out uh, by Kyrie and KD because they were like, you know, we gotta gotta have my team, gotta gotta pick the coach kind of thing. Um, he finished fifth in in coach of the year voting last year, and then you know was was out this year. Um, so I think he's a, a possibly good option uh, for the Sixers, but I don't know. It's yeah, it really shows that despite like. We, we all know that the Sixers are talented, but the, the fact that it's clearly a, like such a sought-after job at this point uh, makes it clear that yeah. you know coaches think that they can figure this out still, that it you know, can be salvaged. Um, as for whether it is, I'm not sure. Um, and I think in terms of like the, the role players, um, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced. Well, it's, I feel like a lot of these things are hard to undo at this point. They, you know, you know, um, you know. Tobias Harris and stuff like that. Like I feel like they're they're kind of locked in, right? So, yeah. As much as it feels like kind of bloated, the team's a little bit bloated with veterans. Um, I don't know how you get rid of them. It's not like they have much value on the trade market. So. Yeah. Lucas, what no, do you I think? Mean, <laughs> I I had Jay Wright down as like the coach. I think would be the best yeah. fit for that job. Like one of the things he's best known for is developing guys into yeah. shooters and. Ben Simmons needs that more than literally anything else. Plus, the team is just lacking in shooting generally. So, if you could take some guys that are, you know, role players now and sort of unpolished, like a, a Shake Milton or Alec Burks, but like have the potential to become like I think great shooters or at least yeah. serviceable for like what their role would be. I think Jay Wright could help with that a lot. He's local. He knows the area. Like I think that that'd be you know that'd be an appeal to him. Like I think that's. Oh yeah, like I don't think that would like help him like the Sixers win, but I think it might help him take the job and that like he doesn't have to like uproot his family and everything like that. Um, and I think he's just a great coach. I think he'd be like a latter day Brad Stevens, like somebody who was like very successful at the college level, making a relatively smooth transition into it. So like if I had my choice, it'd be Jay Wright, but. He's being paid a millions and millions of dollars to stay for the Nova, so I don't know if he'd actually leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think he will. I don't. Think <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I, I really want that to happen. I think it's like such a like it'd be a very exciting storyline to watch. But yeah, yeah, his his spot is too cushy right now. He's, you know, like, yeah. once you get to the Sixers, like, you're automatically, I feel like, in the hot seat after. Yeah, you know? for right away. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're, know, like, yeah. you're a new coach, like, the, the player, you know, like, Simmons, Embiid, like, the time's running out on that. And I feel like that would be pushed onto the coach, so. Yeah, you might have an extra year, though. You could also flip it and say that they have an extra year, and, and if they have to get rid of whether it's Joel Embiid or um, Ben Simmons, you could say, well, now officially starts my coaching tenure, and we'll see what I can do from here. That's if you have to spare a year to see if you can make the other one work. 
Yeah, I just think that immediate, like, you know, first week of the next NBA season, if Simmons and Embiid still aren't gelling, like, there's immediately going to be talk, like, mm-hmm. oh, Jay Ray wasn't the, the right, or whoever it is, it, like, wasn't the right guy for the job. Like, you know that's going to be there, like, immediately. There's just such little patience at this point um, yeah. in terms of, like, that working out. What about a, what about a good old guy like Mark Jackson becoming a coach? I'd love to see him actually get a coaching opportunity again. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think that it was unfortunate what happened with him and the Warriors and that they, like <laughs> – I because I think that they were close to doing – maybe not a 73-9 win team, but I think that they were close to winning the championship with him. And it just so happened that Steve Kerr took over and they were already kind of like the, he was, they were definitely building off the work that Steve Jackson or Mark Jackson already done. Agreed. Yeah. This is a bit of a segue into the next segment. I'll let Derek take that, but I do think he's a better fit for another open job than he is for the Sixers job. (laughs) Not going to say what. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say what. Stay tuned. Well, let's, <laughs> let's reveal. Uh, it's the Indiana Pacers. So they fired head coach Nate McMillan two weeks after giving him an extension. Uh, and then Victor Oladipo is apparently going to hit the trade block as well. So, Bart, I ask you this then. Who's a good fit for that coaching vacancy? And do you think there's a team that's a Victor Oladipo away from a championship? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like Lucas said, Mark Jackson is an option. I don't know. So... The thing about the NBA coaching vacancies in general that's frustrating to me is that I just feel like the NBA recycles guys a lot, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's not true. a ton of fresh blood, right? So, like, the the Sixers, like we talked about, are looking for someone. The Bulls are looking for someone. The Nets, I'm probably forgetting another team. So, like, there's going to be a lot of, like, uh, tight contesting for good coaches as is. So, I think it's kind of the Pacers' outlook is not bright, in my opinion. I, I actually disagree a little bit in that I don't, I don't think Mark Jackson – was actually particularly close to improving the Warriors um, at the point that he was like fired. So I don't know if I love seeing him on the on the Pacers. Um, I've also heard Tyloo, like we mentioned, I think he Tyloo will always quite be enough credit. In there. Yeah, but like I don't know, it's it's so hard to um, like divide what he did and what LeBron was doing as the pseudo coach for the um, the Cavs team. So I don't know. I've heard Mike D'Antoni apparently if the Rockets like anything short of a title run for the Rockets, yeah. we'll see him leave. I don't know about that either though, because I feel like that op- the offenses are just so incredibly different with what he's doing in Houston and what he would have to do in in, um, yeah. in Indiana. I'm not sure I'd like that either. Um, like I don't know. In my opinion, it seems almost like somebody from the Spurs coaching staff would make more, more sense, like an assistant coach, like Becky Hammond, your boy Tim Duncan. I don't know. Even like how <laughs> yeah. the Spurs team ball and the fact that they kind of lack like any really big superstars since like the Twilight era of their big three. I feel like they would be better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Terry Stotts maybe also if he gets fired or did he get fired already? Um, no, I don't believe so. But he could yeah. Um, yeah, very well. He could because yeah. the, the Blazers might be looking for a fresh start as well. I think he would actually make more sense than any of the other guys. But I don't know. I, in general, I don't love. I don't think the Pacers are necessarily going to get a better coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, Nate McMillan isn't great. Yeah. I don't think they're necessarily going to improve a whole lot. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, as far as Victor Oladipo, yeah, I don't think any team. I don't think he's like. Is he the same guy who put up like twenty three five and four a couple years ago? No. In the playoffs, granted, in the three games where he played like significant minutes, he did average pretty close to that. He averaged like twenty-two, like three and four or something like that. But he's definitely not a max guy. He's definitely not like a. He, he wouldn't be a number one on any contending team. Probably not even a number two. Like not a number tiers. one. He's probably not even a B tier guy, right? I don't know that any team that adds him is like he shoots like forty percent, like maybe a little bit better. So I'm I'm not convinced that he's 
the missing piece for anybody. I don't think he's all that good anymore. I'm not. I don't. I don't mean to offend mm. any Pacers fans. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Pacers yeah, fans. Exactly. We're a Pacers is, podcast. So. This is what I think on Oladipo. If the Lakers don't win the title this year, the Lakers are going to go after him. I think for sure. He might I be a nice piece on that team. Yeah, I think he was a good third piece. Yeah, I mean, as a third piece, but like, I'm not. I don't think like if the Lakers don't win the finals, I don't think he would be the reason that they won next year. I don't know. I think they're really? already good enough. Yeah, like he's just I don't know. Uh, I guess it's. I don't know. He's still a bit, yeah, yeah. He'd probably yeah. be an upgrade over like Avery Bradley or Kuzma. You know, right? I mean, he's a better game. scoring Avery Bradley, right? Or I mean, Casey they're both like great yeah. defenders. And, like, I don't even know if he's better than Kuzma offensively at this point, though. I mean, uh, I think Kuzma's that too inconsistent. Right? Well, I think next year. I th- a team probably like the Lakers might try to go after like a Drew Holiday instead. Mm-hmm. But, I can see that as well. But I think I think Victor Oladipo kind of is like a poor man's Drew Holiday is what I feel like. <laughs> like I I definitely feel like that they're the same, but he's not as good. He, he might be, he might be a uh, blue collar enough to play uh, in like Miami or something like that. Seeing that he already does play in like a blue blue collar, um, <laughs> what does that have to like do with Indiana? anything? <laughs> I just think that you gotta have some grit. You gotta have a little grit. I think that he has a little grit. His little his little dog in him that he can play alongside Jimmy Butler, yeah. and he can score. Yeah, so I, I can see that, him. In, yeah, yeah. I think that maybe being in Miami might not be a bad move for him. Really? I don't know. In my opinion, the Pacers should try to keep their roster mostly intact. We haven't really seen yeah. them fully healthy, so yeah. I don't know. And I would be sad to see Oladipo leave. Personally. My only thing with but, with yeah. them trading away Oladipo is who's their centerpiece going forward from there? Yeah. Because I know they have Sabonis. a lot of decent guys <laughs> like Sabonis and Brogdon and um, Miles Turner. They have a lot of guys who are, are good, but uh, as far as like a centerpiece goes, who's, who's really that guy? And at least yeah. Victor Oladipo is the closest thing you could say in the Pacers organization to being a centerpiece. Yeah, and they're not—they're not really drawing free agents. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not. But <laughs> if Oladipo, yeah, but if Oladipo is like actually gonna leave, like that's kind of what the rumors are saying, right? That he will leave next year, like in free agency. Like, is it worth mm-hmm. keeping? Like, it's not like the Pacers are gonna make a title run next year, mm-hmm. right? So, that's a good point. Right. I feel um, like getting something for him might be. Might they're be pretty it. solidly cemented in the middle of that Eastern uh, pack. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that that's worth something, isn't it? They're not on the. They're not at the end of the East like the Magic are, who are set at number yeah, eight every year. Yeah. Like they're they're making something. You know, they're at least a tough team to play against. Yeah. 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 If they could just improve on Nate McMillan's tenure and uh, tenure and not get swept for once, that'd be, oh, <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, let's move it over to NFL. Wyatt, the Ravens mm-hmm. released Earl Thomas last week, as you predicted. You know, do you don't have to ring it up? I know you. I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> um, but anyway, Wyatt, is is Earl Thomas destined for Dallas? Let's be honest. Uh, I am gonna bring it up real quick, Jared. I did predict that Earl Thomas would be released. I definitely <laughs> called it. I saw it happen. Uh, no, he's not destined for Dallas because he was supposed to be destined for Dallas the last time he was a free agent at the end of Seattle, and he still didn't end up there, right? And so everyone feels like they're destined for Dallas and. Although Dallas maybe may need a high-profile safety because they've been looking for one for years, it may not necessarily be the best fit, or may not be necessarily the best um, the move that happens for Earl Thomas. I think that there are plenty of teams who are a lot closer to winning a championship uh, than Dallas are. They're fake contenders. Oh my god! So I mean, if I'm Earl Thomas, there's I the the good thing about Earl Thomas right now after being cut is that maybe the salary is no longer an issue 
and you might be able to sign him for a lower a lower end deal. So I mean, I know that Derwin James went down with a knee injury, and there has been some kind of connection to the system that they run in in Los Angeles, and that's really good defense. So they might be able to take him and move him over there. Um, but I don't think that Dallas is the hundred percent destination for him to go to. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I feel like Dallas has kind of been like shedding. They're like they don't really like, they don't really deal with like aging troublemakers on their teams anymore. You know what I mean? Like Des Bryant just fell off the face of the earth. They just released him, you know, and he he didn't get picked up by anybody. It's possible Earl Thomas may not get picked up by anybody. Do, do oh, he think? will. Yeah, no, I think he will. But either way, uh, if if I'm yeah. the Cowboys, I don't want someone that's punching teammates on my team. Probably, you know, I don't know. I feel like that Dallas is good enough, personally. We'll see. Yeah, we will yeah, see like, though. Yeah. He's he's just talented enough to that. I think some some contending team will think it's worth it. Yeah, um, that's true. Um. Anyway, we'll move on to our last topic. The soccer, <clears throat> uh, football world is shocked over Messi's decision to inform Barcelona that he intends to leave the team. So Lucas, if Messi cannot escape his buyout clause, is do you think any team is actually crazy enough to pay seven hundred million euro transfer fee? No, like you could you could buy a literal whole team for that, like a whole like Champions League contending team for seven hundred million euro. It would break <laughs> the the record for biggest move by half a million or half a half billion a euro. Yeah, half a billion euro. <laughs> Neymar went to PSG for two hundred million about a few years back, um, and I don't think it's worth it to like mortgage the future of your entire team like for the rest of eternity. For like two to three years of Messi, um, I like you might not even be compete. You get relegated. Like if you're pouring that much money into Messi, I don't think it could happen. Probably nobody really could afford it, except maybe Manchester City or PSG, just because they're owned by oil magnates and princes of countries that like have unlimited cash. Um, if he does go anywhere, it'd probably be Manchester City. We mentioned on a few weeks ago the podcast ago. His old coach is there, Pep Guardiola. I think he'd fit in nicely to that system. But th- there's no way anybody pays $700 million for him. Like, his only way out is if he, like, just, like, refuses to play and they're like, fine, we'll just cut you. Or if, which I don't think would happen, or if, like, somehow, like, illegal maneuvering within his contract could get him out of it. But I don't think that'll happen either. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, I mean, and he's 33 now, so, like, how many good years of soccer do you have from him? Yeah, like, probably two or three. Yeah. Like, and I don't think it's worth yeah. two or three good years for $700 million. Wait, so is that specified whenever he signed or when whenever he joined Barcelona in the first place? That they were, like, or at some point they were, like, you have to pay Yeah, whenever he signed million. his latest, co- whenever he signed his latest contract, they're, like, this will never happen. So we're going to set his, like, the buyout clause on his contract at $700 million. But you're, yeah, might as well just, like, made it, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, something more, even more fun, you know, like. Yeah, a billion. Like, exactly, like, a billion, like, yeah. like like the U.S. like debt or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally, make it like a fluid value. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that. I don't know if this has officially been reported. I, I haven't double checked, but I think he's trying to also escape the persecution that he gets on t- uh, taxes. That's why Cristiano Ronaldo left. That's why he yeah. wanted to go to Italy. I think, I'm pretty sure Messi's had like tax fraud. fraud, fraud. Yeah, yeah, he has, yeah. So I think that's definitely a reason too, to be honest. Uh, 
Maybe can LA Galaxy pull off the heist? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about like, aren't the rumors that if he goes to Man yep. City, the like the Enjoy, last two yeah. years of his contract are just sending him to the states anyway? So yeah, and I yeah, yeah. I, was, I saw like ESPN videos that were like, will this change the MLS forever? You know, getting like, like yeah. what forty year old Messi, does, you know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> with yeah. the canes, yeah, just like it's absurd. It's not a big deal if you're always getting like stars after like post age 37 you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's i mean it's the retirement like that's just yeah yeah, yeah i know they is. have to embrace it exactly <laughs> i'll just yeah i'll just say this i hope i hope it doesn't end on really bad terms because it would be really really just weird and sad for like he's been their golden boy for so long yeah they like yeah i don't know like you associate barcelona with one person messi and for them to have like uh to them and end, to, to end on bad terms would be kind of tragic so yeah. hopefully not all right so that's going to do it for this episode uh if you liked or disliked us or disagreed with anything that we said go ahead and follow us on twitter at you thought sport check us out on youtube at the same thing is that the same thing jared yes you check us out sports check us out on youtube at you thought sports subscribe watch our videos we do it all for you guys Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.